listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. So Jeff, I haven't told you this, but actually this whole podcast, all hundred and some episodes we've done, is actually a massive assessment that I'm doing to gauge your qualities as a potential business partner. Wow. I, I must have scored very high on that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting close to the end of our series on lead generation. And in the last episode, we actually talked about assessments. So online assessments as as tools to improve really lead, I'll say, activity and maybe lead quality for a firm. So this week, I promised we would have on an expert on this topic. So we've invited on. Tom Hessen of Nine Lenses. Tom, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and Nine Lenses, and then we'll jump in. Yes, thanks, Jason and, and Jeff, for having me on the, the podcast today. My name is Tom Hessen. I am the CEO of Nine Lenses, and we are a cloud platform that powers interactive assessments, predominantly in the sales and marketing space with our clients. And we have a lot of consultants that use our platform. So really looking forward to the discussion today. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Actually, really excited to have you. We've been talking about doing things together for a long time. So I guess maybe the best place to start, and I think you know, we, we all agreed on this, is what is an assessment? I, mean, I think it's important we put a definition on this because when I've talked about this concept with some of our clients, they'll look at me and say, well, Jason, we did that. It didn't work. Or, or we do this, we do an in-depth assessment over here and it looks like this. So when we talk about assessments and like this, the context of sales and marketing, what is that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and a lot of people come to our discussions with a different concept of what that is and what that looks like. And and I would say a lot of people maybe have tried something, especially in the consultant space, because almost every consulting organization today does an assessment with clients. And, and so that's historically done in you know, as a part of a paid engagement, typically. And so that's where we started years ago is working with powering our customers. So our clients or consultants, they have built some sort of proprietary methodology or framework that they would then use and put on our platform to then go out and, and do these deep dive, I'll call it a deep dive assessment as part of a you know, delivery project where they have to go out and figure out what's going well and what's not going well and come back with a 50 slide deck, you know, presentation to their client. And so that's where a lot of consultants think about an assessment. It's down in delivery. And what we've seen over the past few years is to say, you know what? We're thought leaders. We're experts in this space. We need to go out and educate the marketplace, our customers, our clients about uh, certain topics and, and what's happening because that's the value that we see. And so we want to bring more data, more value and insight into that sales and marketing part of the process. And, and obviously there's been a lot of content and blogs and things that a lot of firms do, but what most people lack is how do you personalize that content for your client? And so that's where we're really trying to bridge that gap with our consulting clients is, in, is to say, all right, great. You've come to our website you're interested in the problems that we help solve. You're reading our content, but as a marketer or as a buyer, you know, you're trying to figure out what that means. And so we're really just trying to help, you know, our clients 
and their prospects say, let's answer 10, 15, 20 questions about your business and get a very in-depth scorecard about what you're doing well, what you could be doing better, how you can compare to other clients, and then recommendations for how to get better in your biggest gap areas. So it's a way to really personalize your value prop to your prospects and let them really experience your advisory and expertise in that sales and marketing kind of funnel because they really do want to know how do you think of my firm? How well am I doing? And this is a really meaningful way to engage them. And so that's what an assessment is. It's a way, I, I kind of think of it as a piece of thought leadership content plus a scorecard or a report card, right? So we're giving you a lot of expertise packaged in a personalized scorecard of what you're doing well, what you could be doing better, how you can compare to benchmarks, et cetera. Does that help clear things up? And I'll talk about where it lives in the funnel in a moment because people get that confused all the time. Where does it sit in my marketing and sales funnel? But it's uh, an interactive experience where you're getting personalized insights based on a series of questions that you answer. Yeah, I, I love your definition. I think it's incredibly helpful and useful. So what I guess let's talk about that. Let's talk about the funnel. Let's talk about you know where assessments belong in the funnel for a consulting firm. Where should they use these types of assessments? I guess maybe how do they distinguish what they're doing here, you know, a 15 to 20 question personalized scorecard against potentially against some thought leadership content or or as thought leadership content. How do they distinguish that from the deeper dive? assessment type of work they're going to do in a paid engagement? And how do they make that not marginalize the value to be created later? Yeah, that's a great question because we do have some clients that are reluctant to kind of give away too much, right? And I am of the opinion you can't give away too much because if you could automate your expertise in a sales motion, then you know, you're probably in the wrong business. And so there's really not that risk. And so just to paint the picture, Jason, so a, a delivery assessment is when you're going deep, right? So if one of our clients, you know, a consulting client gets paid to come in and figure out all sorts of different problems, you know, the old school way would be to like go off and do interviews, right? You'd go off and interview 10, 15, 20, uh, you know, different individuals around the globe or around the organization to kind of really figure out what's going on, right? And that's just the old school way. Some consultants still do it that way. Now, a lot of firms have productized those delivery assessments, but you're touching a lot of people. And there's no way you can automate kind of a set of recommendations by, you know, interviewing, you know, either through software or, you know, in person, 10, 50, 100 people, right? It takes a consultant to look at all that data, you know, connect a bunch of dots, you know, look at some scoring, put together a PowerPoint with what does it mean? It's, it's a bigger more in-depth engagement. And that's why it's typically a paid model, right? Because there's multiple clients participating in that assessment. You're going deep, asking a lot of different questions to a lot of different people, trying to really get a lay of the land. On the sales and marketing side, you are generally assessing one person, right? So someone comes to your website or a sales rep, you know, a sales rep, maybe a partner, a managing director, principal, something of that nature, shares an assessment with a client, but that one person is going to answer 10, 15, 20 questions. It's just one person and they get an instant scorecard based on how they scored their business. And so it's it's designed to be quicker, faster, lighter, but still a very high value, but it's never to be confused with the 50 slide deck set of analysis and recommendations that you're going to get in a delivery project. 
And so hopefully I'm painting the picture, you know, one person quick and easy versus a lot of people in depth, more complex, longer duration in terms of what they look like. Does that make sense? Just kind of painting that picture and we can talk about how this fits in the marketing funnel and the sales funnel here in a second. Let's transition. I, I think we should talk about the funnel because I, you know, as, as you know, I approached this topic around the idea that assessment as a lead generation tool, but you make the point that's not the only place to use them in sales and marketing. So let's just talk about where you see firms using assessment tools of this type and what you're seeing work. There's a very unique space where an assessment fits in the sales and marketing funnel. And I will say it starts at the middle and bottom of the marketing funnel and the top of the sales funnel. And so we see marketers buy from us and implement it from kind of a more of a pure marketing side. And then we have sales teams, you know, being customers of ours to integrate it into their sales processes independent of marketing. And so it kind of sits in this space where marketing and sales and that handoff can really happen or at the top of the sales process where you're really are trying to educate a customer do what we'll call a discovery conversation or two to understand where their pain points are to really figure out whether or not you can solve them or not. You know, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So again, we can talk about different clients, both big and small are, are doing this, but like on your website, right? And in your campaign. So you're bringing people to your site, you're educating them with a variety of different things, content, blog posts, videos, all sorts of different things to educate them about what's happening in the marketplace. But the call to action generally is, you know, if you're a consulting firm is kind of call us, right? Or email us or, you know, there's there's not a request a demo button like on software companies. And so when you're bringing a prospect to your site, they, they actively have a problem, right? And they're trying to evaluate whether or not you are a good fit. And so the main call to action is to take our assessment, right? So here's all these different things you can read about, but if you really want to know what you should be doing based on your business situation, take our assessment. So that's why they've already learned. You've already brought them here. They're at the middle or bottom part of the marketing funnel, and now you're giving them an action where they can really personalize the experience and really understand where you, know, you the consulting firm, think I am as the prospects, my business, where I'm strong and weak. We've seen plenty of clients not plenty of clients, we learned this pretty quickly, you can't run an ad on some third-party site and and click a button to say, take our assessment. You're asking someone to get married before the first date. And, and so it's a seven to 10-minute experience, right? And it's a very personalized outcome that's high value. You have to warm the prospect up a bit. It's not like an ebook download where they put in the name, email address, and maybe they hope to read it. Like there's a reason why they're going to take this assessment. That's why the quality of the lead is so high and why they do convert to business more frequently because brought them through the funnel, you're getting them in that later stage. And now they really want to know, okay, I want to dig into how can you really help me in my particular problem? You know, one of the best assessments, I think, well, it is a little bit dated now given some of the, the tools that are available, but in terms of low barrier to entry, low risk for me as a buyer and getting hounded by salespeople, if I put my email address or something into assessment was HubSpot's website assessment. I thought that was so well done because they could they could actually identify who's considering HubSpot or tools just by the general, you know, domain, uh, but not the individual. And in, in what was so great about the assessment 
was it really gave you something of value that a marketing team could attack. And it was so easy to do. That is a great example. The beauty of the website grader that HubSpot, and they'll, they'll, if, you, you know, if you're familiar with HubSpot, they're very vocal uh, about how their whole business was powered by this website grader. Like that was the growth engine. You know, so you would put in your URL of your website and HubSpot would go off, you know, through the web and start to scour your website and look at your code and come back with a series of things about what you could be doing better from a marketing and website and other things. And, and the beauty of that is everybody has a website that's online. So there was really no barrier to entry and it was super simple. You just had to type in your URL. And if you think about that as kind of like the least friction in an assessment experience, because it's all public information, you just have to type in a URL. There's no ask of the, the prospect other than to type in the URL. Most companies, like 99% of companies, don't have that at their fingertips. If you're selling consulting services, you don't have that, right? If you're selling complex software, you know, billing software or CRM software, like you can't go and, you know, <laughs> scour someone's Salesforce environment to figure out what's going on and what's working and what's not. So it relies on the prospect to answer a series of questions about what they're doing, what they're not doing, how well are they doing it. And so we're always this, you know, trying to keep it as short as possible in terms of the investment required, but also you know, asking enough questions where the value that they get far exceeds like that scorecard, the value of that scorecard far exceeds their five to seven minute investment of answering a series of questions. Yeah. I think like, that's a great example. Like everything that, that uh, when Jeff and I talk and we always disagree on stuff, but you know, I am hugely skeptical of a tool like a website grader because how could they possibly grade my website when they don't have any information about it other than my URL? They don't know anything about what I'm trying to accomplish as a business owner. They have no clue about my objectives for my website. They don't know anything meaningful about my business that can basically score me in a way that's really super relevant to me. So I guess I'll be the, the antithesis on that and say unimpressed only because it's it's not relevant enough. Now, I'm not saying it, that the results they give back are not valuable. They are. But my point is, you know, it's kind of like you're skeptical when you get that that email in your inbox, which is from every SEO lead ever in the, in the history of time. You know? <laughs> I can improve your SEO quality. You don't even know what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, So you have no way of knowing whether or not that you can do that. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. Let's pivot a little bit in the interest of time here. So I guess I'm curious about, are there types of firms, types of buyers, types of problems where assessments work better or worse? Meaning like if you're targeting a certain industry or a certain client type, are there, are there places where you've seen more success or less success based on some of those kind of inherent dynamics? You, know, you kind of hinted at some of them, right? Like, and I, and I love the way you talked about it was like the idea that, well, you can't go scour the web for, you know, this, this information that really exists inside the walls of a company, unless, of course, you're Google and you've done a massive data extraction journey. Are there places where you see that th this work better or worse? Yes. So it starts with selling a complex product or service. 
And it generally has a longer sales cycle associated with it, right? So every professional service consulting engagement typically is a bigger ticket item. You know, even if it's a six, eight, 10 week sort of engagement, it's usually still a, you know, lengthy sales cycle, right? And, and again, what an Accenture can charge for that may be different from a, you know, a, a, a more niche player, but it's still a lengthy sales cycle and you have to educate a lot of people and there's multiple buyers typically involved. So high contract value, education is important in the sales process and, you know, typically a lot of decision makers, right? And so every professional service usually fits into that, whether it's IT or marketing services or anything in between, as well as selling complex products and software fit that same thing. So this does not work in a transactional, and again, because we're trying to go deep, this is not like what I'll call a quiz where you answer three questions and you get a white paper based on your results, right? No, that's not really that helpful. That's just a very tippy top of the funnel. We're at the middle and the top of the sales funnel where we're adding a tremendous amount of value. And so that's where the education piece comes in because you were really trying to get people to move through that process to pick up the phone, to want to talk to sales or give sales, you know, after that lead comes in through marketing to say, oh, hey, Jeff and Jason, I saw you took our assessment. You've got three recommendations based on your two, you know, gap areas here and here. I've got a few more answers and, and recommendations for you. Can I schedule some time to share them with you? So all of a sudden that lead that was captured by marketing, handed over to sales, and now sales is positioned for that meaningful discussion. And that is really how the marketing and sales handoff works, but it's all based on someone that's learning and educating around some bigger complex topic, which is where most professional services are out there kind of on the cutting edge of cyber or you know marketing or whatever it is because they're coming to you as a thought leader. So you're educating them and then positioning your sales team for a better discussion. You know, if you're just buying something on the web with a credit card, it's not a good fit. <laughs> what was that snicker for? <laughs> I don't know. I like the way you said it. It's funny. I want to go back to the two comments you made though, because you made two awesome comments earlier that we just glossed right over. And you said basically that your assessments you're seeing are delivering higher quality leads and converting at a higher rate to sales. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So let's talk about who takes an assessment, right? If we just kind of put on our psychology hat for a second. And and I had some help in figuring this out. I had kind of my anecdotal evidence, but I had a neuroscientist kind of come in and, and help shape some of our thinking. You know, the hardest thing for a marketer is to figure out, is this person a, a real quality candidate, right? And, and, you know, you've got the lead scoring and trying to read the tea leaves of what they clicked on and, you know, you get a, the, the score. Did they visit our, our career page? Well, then we subtract, you know, something from the score. But marketing is always trying to figure out, are they a good fit or not, right? And then they hit the MQL status. But just think about the type of person that's going to take an assessment, right? It's generally not someone that is more junior or like a college person, right? Because they have nothing to assess, right? They're, they don't have a team. They don't have a business. They don't have a function. And they're not responsible for anything. And so generally, the types of people that an assessment appeals to are more senior people that have an active problem that they're looking to you and your firm to solve. And they now want to know, how can you solve my particular problem? Like that's what they care about. And nowhere else in marketing can you really understand what their actual business problems are. And so that's what makes it compelling to an executive because they're now getting the answers to how you can help solve my problem, right? And that's where 
you need to know what their problems are in order to share those you know recommendations and relevant content and and so on and so forth so it starts with the buyer and who it appeals to and one other interesting thing that the neuroscientist pointed out is that most people all of us in professional you know in our professional lives have been gotten promoted or been you know or we've gotten annual review so we're all accustomed to getting scored and what she was sharing with me was that there's safety in knowing the score right what the worst thing you would want to do as an executive is to know that you're or, or to not know what the score is even if you're not doing things well you're better off knowing that than to be operating and not knowing that it is bad or or good and so there is actual like safety and, and comfort knowing what the score is. And so that's another th- reason why most executives that have been promoted and scored and reviewed countless times over want to know the score. I thought that was very interesting. I didn't know all that and took a neuroscientist to explain it to yeah. me. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> but, um, too, because it's like you said, I'm curious. You know, I, I'm instantly, you know, I'm instantly curious every time I see something like this. I'm like, well, are we any good? You know, I, I mean, I, I picked on the HubSpot website grader, but of course you are instantly enticed because you want to put your website in there and go, well, how good or bad is it? Right. So it makes total sense. So the quality of the person coming in to the experience is more akin to someone you'd like to sell to, right? Whether or not they're the right size and industry, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can figure that out too when they take the assessment and then those sorts of details. But then if you think about, okay, they're going to become more educated just by investing those five to seven minutes. So they've raised their hand. I'm a, I'm a good candidate. I'm investing the time. And you're now educating them about their business in ways that other forms of content are unable to, right? That's personalized. So you're, you're, you're not doing well in this area. Well, here's what you should do and read this article or watch this video to go with that biggest problem of yours, right? So now you're contextualizing the whole problem. You're educating them around the problem in the way you want to frame it. So just think about the, 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 the way in which you're adding value and bringing them through that funnel faster, okay? Because they're now much closer to understanding how you can help them than, than before. And now we're handing that person, you know, I call these kind of like no nurture leads, right? Someone takes an assessment, they need an instant follow-up from a sales professional. And that is because of all the things I just described, but now sales is in position to add real value, right? Because most of the lead scoring of, even if someone came to your website and picked up the phone or requested a demo, you really don't know anything about them, right? Sales now knows something about this business and their problem and this buyer. And so they can really add value in their outreach as well as on that first call, right? So that first call is not the traditional discovery phase of like, let me ask you a thousand questions and try to figure out where you are and how I can help. We're now adding value right from the get-go. So one of our clients you know, shared with me early on is that they're able to get through that sales funnel faster and further faster because you're coming with a more educated buyer and you're having a more informed sales executive and you're able to just kind of get into the heart of that conversation much faster. And since you're adding value both from a marketing standpoint and from a sales standpoint, it's no surprise that their sales cycle is accelerating. And one of the interesting things from the data we've seen is that the deal size goes up because you now have a more holistic view of the problem. Right? Have you guys ever been on a call where someone thinks they know what the problem is and you're like, no, 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 is actually different or even maybe bigger than what they realized. It's like every right? podcast I do with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this. The The neuroscience is, you know, confirming, I think, my my own experience around this and, and what, you know, David Maester would talk about 
you know, where the buyer is coming from, this exposure and vulnerability of opening up that kimono, which is, you know, one of the hesitancies of doing an assessment, right? But if you want to know, you overcome that and take that and in creating the safety for somebody to do that, to learn, as you described, or neuroscience has proved is really important. But the the second thing you said confirms some research from Miller Hyman and, and CSO about the value that sales is or is not providing, right? Mm. The majority of buyers now are inundated with information because of content marketing mm. and they're holding off talking to salespeople to the bitter end because they don't feel like they add any value. But what you're saying is there's a great opportunity to add value from a sales perspective because you have a richer understanding of a complex B2B sale dynamic and and that you can cut through a lot of what well, maybe you should say you can separate the wheat from the chaff, right? And have a more meaningful sales conversation, which is what the buyer wants, right? right. I, I don't want to talk about all this other stuff. I want to talk about me, like a Toby Keith song. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. It's a good. Yeah. One. yeah. <laughs> well, you're exactly right, and I think this is where this is where like sales as a function benefits. I would say there's more disruption or, or or more potential change to the way people sell using assessments than the way marketers market, right? Because you just put an assessment on your website and your campaigns and you're driving people to it. It's another tool in the toolbox, but on the sales side, I see a world where I don't think you should have a conversation with a prospect until they've taken the assessment because yeah. it's going to benefit them first and then me, the seller, second, and then the two of us when we come together. And one of the things I keep hearing over and over again is that sales reps don't know how to have a business conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't know how to, you know, solution sell or value selling. They just don't know how to have the business conversation. And that's hard for a lot of people because, again, the buyer may be coming from a different industry. They may be coming from uh, a different role that you've sold to in the past. And then, therefore, they lack confidence. And so, if you lack confidence, you're either just going to totally bomb, right? Because you're not going to be able to educate and, and, you know, challenge, right? Go back to challenger sale, that buyer about something. And, you know, if you think about what every seller is doing, is an assessment. There just happens to be for any number of sales reps your organization has, that's the number of different assessments that you are conducting. And I just don't know why you wouldn't, as an organization, bring your smartest people together, create an assessment, and enable the sales team to just use these tools to their own benefit for more consistency, more scalability, and more value. You know, So it's now you can kind of source these opportunities more effectively at scale than just rely on a rep to kind of connect all these dots differently from rep to rep. So that was amazing. I hate to be the guy that does this as I always am. So we are about at time. So what I'd like to do, Tom, is just have you, before we part, just tell us how Nine Lenses can help and where our listeners can go to learn more. Yes, thank you. And I appreciate the time today, gentlemen. So you can go to our website, nine, the number nine, lenses.com, L-E-N-S-E-S, and you'll just learn about our company, our platform, our technology, how we help your Welcome to reach out to me. 
My email address is Tom, T-O-M, period, Hessen, H-E-S-S-E-N, at ninelenses.com. There you'll see an interactive assessment that we use for our own demand gen, lead gen, sales purposes. It's under marketing. It's called the Nine Lenses Marketing Funnel Assessment. So if you're just curious to kind of see what the experience is, check that out there. We have a variety of different examples across consulting. You know, we work with smaller boutique companies, as well as, you know, the largest players in the game. And there's a lot of interesting things we didn't get a chance to cover in some of those bigger firms. There's a lot to unpack with with larger firms as they are educating markets with thought leadership, and then how to just sell inside a very large organization. There's a lot of unique benefits there. So if you want to know about those larger firms, you have to reach out to Tom <laughs> and, and hear about them one on on one. And no, Jason and I do not get paid if Nine Lenses does something with you. So it's safe. Reach out to Tom. (laughs) And I'm a former consultant. So my first job out of college was at Accenture. And so um, I I feel like I have a pretty good feel for the the consulting universe, you know, how we can fit into the into those organizations. I knew there was something I liked about you. (laughs) Yeah, that's the first one. (laughs) All right. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed kind of getting inside your head about assessments and how you're using them. And I really liked the conversation about the neuroscience and the ROI. There's just a lot of really great stuff to unpack there. I encourage listeners to listen to that sequence again. Because you know you can sit down with a with a pad and a pen and and take some notes on that and then start to really brainstorm all the different things you could be doing differently to you know be more successful in the sale. So just one last thing before we go, yeah. if if you are afraid, right? Most of our clients do not come to us with some Excel based assessment. While that does happen, you should not be afraid. If you're not familiar on how to do that, we will help you from beginning to end shape it, design it, you know, so we have a whole process. So don't let the fear of the unknown scare you. We work with clients all the time that want to do it, but have never done it before. And that's something we gladly help with. Cool. All right, guys, it's a wrap. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.